Hello and welcome to another episode of Casting Views, a podcast hosted by me, Dan. And me, Lou. <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> Where we take a random topic each week and we cast our views. Again, Lou, another opportunity to not have, well, I was going to say to not have an awkward intro, but we've already <laughs> My brain was about four seconds behind. It was awful. I was like, I'm sure there's supposed to be something happening. Now. Yeah, I'm supposed to talk. Yeah. Well, then. Because we've, we've got another guest with us. So we've got Justin Henson from the Movie Wire. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Firstly, as always, we'll give you a chance to talk about your podcast, Justin, though, but have we had good days and weeks so far? How's everyone's day treating them? Well, we just got out of a big windstorm, so this morning we finally got power. So we've been two days without power, and it's been kind of a nightmare getting the podcast out. So, But oh, we really? made it. Wow. So, yeah, probably the biggest windstorm I've seen in Seattle so far. Well, so. that's crazy because like we get like a, a power cut for like 30 minutes here and everyone <laughs> loses their mind. Like, you get the parents <laughs> yeah. like, on Facebook being like, why is my why is my electricity gone? I can't do this and I can't do that. Two days would send people. I'm sure they'd write in the streets here. Oh, it's it's insane. Yeah. <laughs> but everything's good. Uh, family's good. You know, power's back on. So everybody's ecstatic right now. <laughs> it's good to know that you're back in the 21st century. <laughs> right. No more candlelight here. <laughs> well, we have, uh, like Lou was alluding to, we have not even, I wouldn't even call it half an inch of snow and we, we grind to a halt here, don't we? It's, yeah, yeah. Anything to do, like Wi-Fi going out for 30 minutes here, big crisis inch of snow big crisis even heavy rain even even the sun when it's too hot is big crisis here everything's leaves on the train tracks yeah we need everything to be moderate if anything's a a tiny form of extreme we don't deal with it very well oh man we get nervous if the sun comes out over here rain's (laughs) the normal for us (laughs) actually oh i tell you what look we are digressing here that's the impression you get in all the programs and everything. And we had this chat with Leo a couple of weeks ago about how TV is obviously very misleading. You can't always believe everything. But is Seattle rainy? I need to know. <laughs> it is. But the main thing about Seattle is it could be rainy for about five minutes. And then you'll see a glimpse of sun for another five minutes. And then you just have snow. Like we just <laughs> we we just got through a windstorm and come out this morning and there's snow. So wow. it's the the weather can change at the tip of a hat. But you know what? It's a great city. I love it. So when kids go to school and people go to work, do you need to bring like multiple changes of outfit? You're like, do I need my raincoat? Do I need the boots to wade home in snow? Do I need a sunglasses and a cap? We have like <laughs> a, every eventuality. <laughs> we have like a Seattle emergency kit in the trunk of the car. So we have rain <laughs> boots, we have umbrellas, but most of the time it never gets used. We just kind of go out in t-shirts and shorts. We're, we're just kind of adjusted to it. So I'm doing yard work when it's, pouring down rain and like shorts and a tank top <laughs> love that because <laughs> we've had a, we've had a few days here lou haven't we of rain so maybe i'm just gonna say we live in seattle <laughs> yeah 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 in reality <laughs> it has really pissed it down though to be fair it's been yesterday quite bad, yeah my word yesterday yeah. i was at, i was at my mum's house because uh, I, I went there for dinner helped out did some bits and pieces in the garden we sat down I said, what's that noise? And, we, and turn around and it was just bucketing down. The amount of rain that came down in about 10 minutes was just unreal. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> but then the sun so, will come out. <laughs> so what's the weather like right now? It's great, gloomy. It, isn't yeah, it? It, so, yeah, and it's yeah. actually quite bitter cold at the minute. It's weird. Like the switch from October to November felt like someone turned the switch down 15 degrees because you could get away with like going to the shots and just a jumper. But I sat at some at a football game this weekend 
And I was sat there for 90 minutes outside and I thought to myself, I should have brought an overcoat, should have brought gloves, should have brought a hat. And I would have been perfectly fine doing that two weeks ago with what I was wearing. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's taken quite a, quite a cold turn, I think. Oh, that's cool. Right. But we're not here to talk about the weather. Although it feels like we've got enough material, I think we could do. Hang on a minute. Can I not cut in with my terrible news? Are you not going to ask me how I'm doing? How are you doing? Excuse the language, but my fucking cat died. I wasn't what? sure if you were going to say that. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> sure if we were going to bring it up. So I didn't want to talk about it. That's <laughs> just like, is it too soon? Is it not too yeah. soon? He was like, but that would be a really good bit. We could clip it. <laughs> I don't know if I should be nervous that you're smiling while delivering this news. <laughs> no, do you know what it is? It's, like, it's an old like, cat, though. Yeah, he, he, oh. he is an old boy. 19, 19. Was it? Wow. That's a lot of years of life. I feel like if I get that many years in cat years, I probably would be all right with that, to be fair. Yeah. Anything uh, past yeah. 50 is a win. Yeah, this I cat don't... was half my age. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, this is what I mean. So in reality, he's done the equivalent human years of what, like 90-odd? Been around for a long time. So I was like, well, wow. I'll say bye to him at some point. He's currently sat buried in the garden at the minute. Oh, so, is that uh, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice place to rest. Uh, and then I was just like quietly looking out the window being like, well, then. This is fucking depressing. <laughs> but that's the thing, you know, when we're, we're talking about pets now, I mean, I don't, I don't have any. That cat was 19 years old, so it was, it's almost as old as your sister. Yeah, it, yeah, it? yeah, it is, yeah. You know, it was, it, you you grew up with him, and, and like I said, I've known him for just under half my life, so that, that cat, so yeah, you can see how they become entrenched in, in families, you know. Yeah, that's so. the thing, like, I was just like, well, oh, damn, so yeah, my week's not been off to a good start. <laughs> oh, I don't know what to say now. That's yeah, the, yeah, this is the thing. No. It's like, like that awkward <laughs> thing. Do you know when like, someone just like drags down a conversation? You're like, uh, well. <laughs> it's like talk about awkward openings, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So on to the fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, no. So, yeah, we, we, there's a send a thought to Billy. Poor Billy. There we go. <laughs> Poor Billy. <laughs> okay. So, but other than that, Lou. <laughs> yeah, but other than that, week's been great. <laughs> How do you feel about? Although, like I said, with the way I'm releasing these ish- these uh, these episodes, I think you were ill, fine, and now we're talking about you being ill again. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You recovered. Awkward... You're all good. Right, yeah, it's okay. an awkward <laughs> awkward story arc for our listeners. <laughs> and now with that, you you mentioning that, I feel a bit awkward about one of my stories, but we're going to have to do it because it's all I've brought to the table today. So anyway, <laughs> so cheers, Lou. Right. We're we're going to talk about urban legends. I think we might call them myths folklore, urban legends, all the same thing. So we'll go into those shortly. But first, let's hear from some friends. And and Justin, you'll be fully aware of these. So we're going to hear from Super Familiar with the Wilsons. Great podcast. They actually now provide our music, our intro and outro. The intro music is the slickest bit about our intros to our episodes. They've got a weekly podcast. And if you can crack the quiz, the music quiz that Josh does each week, then yeah, you're a better person than I. So yeah, let's hear from them now. The Super Familiar with the Wilsons podcast. You know that family whose house you hung out in when you were a kid? The house was a little loud and chaotic, but always fun and sometimes felt more home than home. Well, that's us. We're the Wilsons and we welcome you into our podcast with silly chat, ridiculous games and interviews with interesting people. Like a spin doctor. The Super Familiar with the Wilsons podcast. Welcome home. And we're back. Now, before we get right into it, Justin, do you want to tell us about your podcast? Yeah, it's called The the Movie Wire. Every week I kind of set a, a goal of four movies to review, whether that's 
theatrical, whether that's streaming, I try and focus more on theatrical to just kind of give some love to the movie theaters that are struggling right now. Um, and if people are going to spend some money to go invest into some two hour entertainment, um, I kind of do a quick shot review where you can go listen to the review on the way to the movie, on the way back from the movie. And the intent is to create a conversation, not to necessarily give spoilers. I try and steer away from those. Um, but I, my main intent of the show is just to give a quick five, six minute snapshot to just open up a family conversation or a friend conversation about the movie and let the audience kind of just fill in the blanks after they see the movie. So it's a it's a lot of fun. And it gives me an excuse to say, tell the wife that, you know, what, I got to get out of the house and go see a movie. So it, it's been great. And it's a great show. Do you ever feel the pressure when you get like a whole glut of releases at once? Is there is there a bit of pressure to, to how, how do you do it? Do you either stick an extra film into review or do you have to try make a couple of episodes back to back? It's nearly impossible to do back to back. And the last three episodes, I mean, we're starting to get into huge releases now and it has to be on point because if I'm doing four movies, eight hours a week, uh, then writing the reviews and then doing the uh, editing and podcast, it, it, you have to be on point with scheduling. And I have a very particular, I know we've, uh, tweeted middle of the night and i'm still watching my movie number three and last night i think i was up till five uh you don't reviewing sleep. The movie i actually think you do not sleep <laughs> i got a rhythm so usually i'll on thursdays fridays i'm in bed by four or five i'm up putting the kids on the bus by 7 30 then i take another couple hour nap so i mean it, it gets it gets a little stressful but you know what it's worth it it's a lot of fun and you know what it, movies make it to me it's movies are my passion it makes it worth it especially if i get some great reactions and feedback from listeners and um i've mentioned it actually it might have been last week on last week's episode but i think we ran your promo the amount of times i've listened to your episode and then messaged you because the phrase you've used or some of the the, the wording you use you you've got you've got a definite way of either showing your displeasure or disgust or even praise at films i think yeah. And a lot of those times it comes across just angry because as I'm reading the review for the show, I I get reminded and I just start to get angry about what I saw. I'm just like, <laughs> that's not how I wrote it, but you know, and I'll just go with it. And my last episode, I think I, I you listened to the last one, I think. Um, yeah. I reviewed uh, the movie Till and I started reading the review and about two minutes into it, I just went off script and that whole uh, review was ad-libbed because it was such a passionate movie and I just went with it. So there's a lot of times where it's just the the emotion of film just takes control of it. Well, if you want to talk about angry viewer, you've got a, a guy here who's a kindred spirit with you. Lou, Lou doesn't do things by half either, do you? Lou? No, 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 not re <laughs> no, no, not in reality. And actually, I quite like that feeling as well. I actually indulge <laughs> in the moments where I can get that. <laughs> And before we move on, um, can we talk about, so I know in our in our little podcast group, you've also got another little star on your show, haven't you, who, who features every now and then. So do you want to talk about Brooklyn? <laughs> My daughter, Brooklyn. So she asked me to be on one episode because she's usually in the back watching me record and it, it caught her interest. So we had her on the show and she did outstanding. And it, at one point, it, it gets into a heated, de uh, heated debate that I usually have to edit out because our episodes are like 45 to an hour of just me in Brooklyn. <laughs> and I try to keep it to 30 minutes. And uh, you know what? She's passionate about 
she loves attention. She loves the attention and she loves movies. It's a perfect mix. So she's my shining star. And you do like to embarrass her from time to time as well. I you? love <laughs> it. I love it. So when her friends comes over, they it's like when they walk in, they just truly expect a comment um, from me in Brooklyn. Um, and they just eat it up. And it's a good relation. We have a good relationship. And we try and treat it as an open and honest relationship where there's love, but it's okay to debate and just not take life so seriously. No, you, you do. Right? Yeah, you two sound great. You, you could tell you've got that good relationship. And yeah, and she, and she is really good when she's on the mic. So yeah, fair play she to is. her. We'll, we'll watch for her uh, her podcast soon in the future. So Starring <laughs> the, <main>. the works. <laughs> uh, and we'll come back to you at the end. So we'll let you kind of plug your socials or, or sort of where's best to, to find you. But yeah, Urban Legends. So I've got, as Lou always likes to remind people, I, I've got, I had a look and said, right, what is technically an urban legend? So I've got the description going up. And it just comes with like true fact and then so... relies on me for just controversial yeah, but, opinion. Well, the, the majority of this episode is going to be probably fiction anyway, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so you we're... don't know that. Don't don't treat these things lightly already off the bat. I'm not having it. You've got to have 2% facts. So an urban legend is a is a genre of folklore comprising stories or, or philosophy Salacious claims circulated as true, especially as having happened to a friend of a friend or a family member, often with horrifying, humorous or cautionary elements. These legends can be entertaining, but often concern mysterious peril or troubling events such as disappearances and strange objects or entities. So there's a lot more, but I thought basically that 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 kind of says it all. And we've all kind of, uh, I won't say anything now because in case we, we discuss them, but you know, even from back in the day with the old chain letters and chain emails, there's all sorts of things, you know, that, that can feature. So we're only going to scratch the surface. So should we hand over to our guest? Should we let our guest? I think so, because this is also going to be quite a cool comparison between what is like common British urban legend and like culturally where the differences are. And I always really inter- I'm always really interested in that. So, yeah, I think we'll let you kick off. <laughs> Oh, outstanding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to address the first urban legend of if I don't bring a drink to your guys' show, Lou's going to just appear in the back of me and kick my ass. (laughs) Is that that accurate? You know what? Uh, Over in Washington, I mean, we have, of course, the most notorious, which would be Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti, whatever you want to call it. And this one I grew up with, and we have probably about 100 different parks surrounding uh, Bigfoot. You you can't go to the woods and not see a Bigfoot statue somewhere. Um, but growing up, we have a summer home in the in the woods, and I remember this. My grandparents usually telling us a story of Bigfoot, and it's mainly a scare tactic so we didn't wander into the woods by ourselves. But me and my cousins used to just go anyway with our water pistols and try and hunt Bigfoot. And usually when we come home for the day, that was totally regrettable because once the uh, nighttime comes, you're under your blanket wondering if you pissed off Bigfoot or not. (laughs) (laughs) So, but, you know, as kids, I think Sasquatch is a huge, cool story because it really spikes the imagination of uh, going out in the woods and having that adventure. I think it's more of a adventure story more than just kind of a scary horror story. And to me, it's one of my favorite urban legends to go out into any woods in the Pacific Northwest. And the first thing that comes into your mind is Bigfoot. 
I was going to say, because there have been programs and that sort of thing that have been broadcast here on like our like American channels is what I'll call them, mm. where people have like legitimately had programs where they're like, we're going to hunt Bigfoot. And they've got like the grainy footage from like yep. two miles away of like some shadow walking through trees. <laughs> and so would you say that in terms of urban legend, being an urban legend, would you say that there is amongst maybe a small portion of population, a genuine belief in Bigfoot that goes along with that? Yeah, and I, w- I would say there's a big belief in Bigfoot, whether or not I believe in it. You know what? No, I don't. But you know what? There's a lot of explanation. Um, and I was while I was going down this rabbit hole of urban legends, there are so many stories of mountain men uh, with just this lo- long hair, loincloth, and all this that wander woods. And you know what? there's so much misinterpretation and the imagination plays tricks on you at times. And especially in your youth where you think you see something or you don't think you see something. But in this case, it's grown adults that see this, but, (laughs) (laughs) but the woods, uh, the woods have a habit of creating tricks on the mind. So, um, but I think it's just an all in fun urban legend that when you go into the woods, it creates an experience and that's that's why it's one of my favorite urban legends. Is it still a thing now, as in for, for youngsters now? So is it something that, for, for example, let's pick on Brooklyn. Is it something <laughs> that she grew up with or, or you told her stories about or her friends talk about? Those stories don't work on youth now because all they're yeah. going to do is whip out their phone and Google it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like... I, I feel like I have another fact checker in the house because if we're having a conversation, she'll just whip out her phone and then just fact check me. So urban legends are almost a thing of the past when it comes to kids nowadays. If we go hiking or if we go to uh, Mount Rainier or uh, wherever we may go, um, you'll try and tell Brooklyn a scary story and she'll just look at you like <laughs> you're crazy. But And this is why, part of me, why I wanted to talk about this episode because I, I, I mentioned, I can't remember which episode, it may have been our superstition one, but... I remember kind of my dad saying to me once, you know, you know, he grew up in in like the in a farm in the countryside in Italy, and he was saying ghost stories were an attempt to stop kids going past a certain point in the forest, or you didn't want them to go get hurt or get lost. And and like I said, now everything is so provable or or disprovable on a on a smartphone now, isn't it? Oh yeah, I mean, and it goes to the kind of what I said earlier. It's like if you you hear that story. During the day, um, when we were kids, you would just go out and check it yourself um, if you were brave enough. And that's what we did. It, we created a, almost a mission to try and find Bigfoot. Um, and again, that's different when the lights go down. But it's that experience that kids don't even have now to actually experience that hands on. Yeah. Did you ever think you'd found him or, or did you, was there anything like a false lead or a, or a lead you thought you'd saw? Oh, no, Dan, I found him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Here we go. We've got a scoop now. (laughs) You always have. If you have a group of people going into the woods, you know one of that one person in that group is going to see Bigfoot. (laughs) I saw something. I saw something. You guys were too late. Do you do you have do you know again like this is like the same for aliens on the programs that we have broadcast here. Is there somebody like in in any particular town where where they're so convinced that they're like the town person for do you know like everybody's every, we see the programs <laughs> yeah. where like somebody's been abducted by aliens there's one that had like a face to face encounter with 
Bigfoot will die on that hill, is willing to turn it's around. The old guy rocking on his rocking yeah, yeah. chair on the porch He's... of his house. Yeah. <laughs> oh, when you're in Seattle, you just have to walk two blocks and just talk to anybody on the sidewalk and you will meet that person. <laughs> like, you cannot go a couple blocks without meeting those people. You're asking someone for directions, they're like, but don't go that way because that's yeah. where Big. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask, is it or, or was it at least a kind of like a tourist thing as well? Is, is there a bit of business made on that for, for tourism? Oh, yeah. I, and look, when I talk about like the Bigfoot statues, um, when I was introducing Bigfoot, literally, if you go to any park in Washington, nine out of 10 times, you're going to see a gift shop. You're going to see a statue. I mean, I think I have in my photo album probably about 20 different pictures with Bigfoot statues. So there is some money to be made from this, and rightfully so. I mean, you're going to milk that urban legend, you're, and that's about building the experience too, right? But you do have those that are going to profit from the myth and the legend. Um, but it's tempting. You get sucked in. Even though you don't believe it, you are, you're going to go into that shop. You're going to buy that Sasquatch hoodie or that Sasquatch hat, and you're just going to sport it while you're going down the trail, along with the 50 other people that wear the same exact thing that you are. This Sasquatch is making a lot of royalties off this merch. Right? I should trademark that name and change my name. Lou, Lou, for the for the obviously only for podcast purposes, a trip to Seattle to do the tour. We're gonna be like um the guys in Fred. Is it Fred? The alien one where they're like doing no, the alien oh, Paul, tourism. Paul, 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 Fred. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, you've <laughs> got you've got you've got a movie guy on here who make sure you gotta get your stuff right. <laughs> right. I just was yeah. like, fuck it, I'll pick a name. <laughs> <laughs> you guys should come over, live feed, we'll go take our water pistols and hunt some Bigfoot. <laughs> I'll be like, Luke, what was it over here? Was it ghost ghost watch or no ghost hunt or something? The most you, haunted you was that? a big thing. Most haunted, that was it. Yeah, yeah we'll go try and find ghosts. We'll do that. Um, oh, is is there with with the Bigfoot legend? Then is there anything like advice? So do you know, like if you encounter a Bigfoot, like <laughs> what, should, you know, what do you stop, drop, and roll? Do you make yourself as big as possible? Do you run? Do you friend him? Do you like hop on one leg and like? Well, I thought he was friendly. Time? You're making out that he's evil. I thought he was supposed to be friendly, wasn't he? It's... Well, Bigfoot and the Hendersons and all that. <laughs> well, if you look at all the footage. You can only do one thing. Just stare at it till it goes away. Like nobody <laughs> approaches it. It just you just stare at it. So it'll eventually go away. He does have a bit of a look on him from the pictures I've seen. He gives you a dirty look, doesn't he? Over the shoulder. Well, he does a model look. Like when you ever get a footage of Bigfoot, he'll whip his neck around and give you like the Zoolander blue steel look <laughs> and just smile for the camera. <laughs> so is there anything how how recent because well this isn't recent anymore but i know it was even a thing in the grand theft auto games wasn't it especially was it number four i think it was a yeah, big, or, I think you're where, right, where yeah. you, people swore that i mean they can't find them in real life and they're actually saying they can find them in the game now you know grand <laughs> theft auto so is there you know is like we said with the modern day and age it's probably less likely but are there recent sightings or are there recent stories about the the yeti well, I think that's, I think that story has been exhausted. And I think technology has a big piece of that. If you look at how advanced technology is versus the 50s, 60s, we would have found it by now. And, and I think as we go from generation to generation, they're smart enough to realize that. And it makes it less effective um, when you actually try and tell this tale. 
So, you know what? I think even the media at this point, you get those random crazy people calling saying, I saw Bigfoot. All right. <laughs> so nobody's publishing it anymore. You're just, that's why you see a lot of movies, TV shows about it because they like the idea of it, but you don't have anybody reporting it anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And with one of mine, one I'm going to talk about, yeah, you just, yeah, you just don't see it anymore, which is why, like I said, I, I thought this might be an interesting thing. Um, I think urban legends now are just becoming more and more almost like horror or online scare stories more than anything, aren't they now? So, Oh, absolutely. I think though, Justin, you made a really good point when you said nowadays, like as a kid, you can just Google it. So you can just look at your mum and dad and be like, no, you're talking shit. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing's going to happen to me if I go into, whereas I had to get to like the big old age of 19 to know that like these things weren't going to happen to me. But now it's just like, yeah, I'm going on the iPad. I've just Googled it. And this person on, Twitter's just said that you're talking rubbish like all of a sudden it's like there's no power in that anymore (laughs) (laughs) there really isn't and uh, that's the sad part about it it just takes so much fun away from it it's I can't get away with anything I have to be very strategic on how I try and uh, fool Brooklyn (laughs) (laughs) you need to invent new urban legends that's what you need that's right (laughs) I'll be the guy on the second block of Seattle just creating new crap (laughs) there's nothing online about this yeah that's because everybody that's ever posted anything online has disappeared (laughs) oh lou that is brilliant absolutely brilliant you're scaring me now Lou. (laughs) yeah i think that's that's a good start because obviously we've we've obviously heard about him bigfoot in the uk as well haven't we it was it was just as much a kind of an urban legend i think because it was something from over in the states as well and i always do think a thing's a double bluff because when you do get shows like it was called Bigfoot and Hendersons or Harry and the Hendersons. I Harry and the Hendersons. Yep. I think here we called it Bigfoot and the Hendersons, I'm sure. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it's we have to be sketchy. a lot more. Yeah, we have to be a lot more obvious and in your face here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we, we discussed this, Lou, didn't we, about aliens. Uh, are they doing that because he's real and they're getting us used to it? <laughs> I, 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 you know, we, we laugh it off now, but do it at your peril, I tell you. And then that old guy in the town's going to go, I fucking knew it. <laughs> <laughs> It was a documentary. It wasn't a sitcom. It was a documentary. Okay. All right. No, cool. Cheers for kicking us off with that. Lou, I was going to say go over to you because I'm I'm always afraid of stealing something from yours, but we discussed beforehand. I have got something from yours, which I am well, going to steal. So. I tell you what then, can I go before you? Because this one is kind of like, not mildly linked, but kind of like along a similar vein. And also it. is one more States and Canada based. Now, I think we've actually talked about this in a previous episode, but this is the urban legend of the Wendigo. Oh, yes, you have. You like the Wendigo, don't I you? I like the Wendigo. <laughs> yeah. I just like the story. And do you know what it is? Is They made that game, didn't they, which was Until Dawn, about the whole story. No, of it, Wendigo. Was... Oh, it was. Yeah, sorry, it, it was, was Until Dawn. Dawn. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, might, yeah. I might not get Fred right, <laughs> but I can get the game right. Um, so, Justin, Wendigo. Ever heard of a Wendigo? No, this one's new to me. I'm curious. Oh, wow. Okay, so, um, what is a Wendigo? A Wendigo is basically... Um, the product of like Native American folklore. Um, so I think the first like instances of a Wendigo being like documented were like two or three hundred years ago, um, and there were lots of stories that were collected. And a Wendigo is known to be basically a human-like creature or psychological or or, or um, paranormal spirit um, or demonic spirit that is is has like an insatiable like hunger for human flesh so it's basically a cannibalistic monster but it could also be a person 
who has been turned into a Wendigo. So it's an actual human who has then become like a vicious monster that wants to eat flesh. Um, there's a load of original stories as to how it originated. Um, so one of them was about a traveller who became so like weary and tired that he resorted to cannibalism. And as a result of the cannibalism, then became consumed by like this spirit, which then turned him into the very first Wendigo. Um, but it became so such that's a just huge... a story by parents to stop their kids turning into yeah. cannibals. That's all that is. Yeah. <laughs> Don't eat your classmates. <laughs> like... <laughs> um, so although it can exist in like a physical form, it's mainly in spirit now. And so it was such a heavily believed urban legend that many Native American communities actually blamed disappearances of um, people on the Wendigo. Um, there's loads of original stories as well about how like people had been consumed by the spirit. So there's like a psychological condition called Wendigo psychosis. And that's where like the spirit of the Wendigo consumes you. And there are stories dating back to the early 20th century of people who actually did cannibalize other humans but for with no apparent need for it so the wendigo was basically characterized as cannibalism but without the need which was the reason that it was a wendigo because you didn't need to eat another. it wasn't for survival it was as a result of just wanting to do it um but yeah not so much anymore but was always kind of linked to the bigfoot one because it was kind of the same place in the states in terms of where they were spotted predominantly a creature that came out in the winter time as well um, characterized by like having power over storms and like basically making its victims like confused and like lost before it would like consume their flesh and that sort of thing. But really, really interesting stories that kind of came along with it. And I think as well, horrifically fucking scary. Imagine hearing that as a kid. It is yeah. like that anybody yeah. can be consumed by this spirit, and that's the reason that this person went missing. When in reality, they probably just got caught in a really bad storm, <laughs> or this person went missing because obviously this is hundreds and hundreds of years ago now, where you're talking about like urban legends not like you having this story passed down we don't have the ability to look at it and say oh that can't be real and people go missing you just have to believe that that's what's happened if that makes sense yeah it's always been one that i've been interested in but i just don't think maybe as as much anymore um a, a known thing i think it was probably until dawn the game that actually brought the principle of the wendigo about i was going to throw this at you did you know about the wendigos beforehand because as far as i'm aware i remember it is in a horror film now i'm not going to be able to tell you which horror film it was but i remember them talking about it in a horror film and in a couple of games and it was purely yeah from games that i learned about it ah see we actually learned about wendigo psychosis in our psychology classes oh, at okay. school yeah. um so we knew about them initially and like had seen like you know like you see drawings of them because even the drawings of them are actually terrifying <laughs> um and so then from that then it became like more of a thing in like popular culture because of like the game like adaptation and that sort of thing um but it kind of looks like a a it depends on what depiction it is because some of it looked like a humanoid kind of deer but one that looks horrifically malnourished <laughs> and then other versions are just like um is it the vampires from salem's lot but just with oh, blood yeah. all over their mouths that's kind of what it looks like as well in other depictions um but yeah really really creepy and again a lot of a lot of um like urban legends that actually had proper impact on people to the point where okay we actually identified a person as cannibalizing their family as having Wendigo psychosis as opposed to them being just utterly nuts. Like we turned around and said, no, the Wendigo and the spirit of the Wendigo has come over this person. 
Um, but yeah, very, very creepy. <laughs> Justin, what's, what's your take on the Wendigo there? <laughs> that is absolutely terrifying. <laughs> but I think it reaches, to your point, it goes on one of the most feared human uh, fears, which would be cannibalism. And I think that's the whole premise of it. Now, that one, I can't picture aging well, especially because nobody wants to go out in the winter now. And if that's the time it comes out, everybody's in, <laughs> in inside playing until dawn or having a drink. That one's interesting to me. And that one, I'm surprised I haven't seen, especially with such a great topic that would be for like a, a horror icon. Yeah. Yeah. I guess as well, when you look at, again, the fact that it's associated with winter, it has come about then for a particular, yeah, it, it has come about for a particular reason then, hasn't it? It's like, okay, winter's when we have storms. We don't want people going out in storms. We need to keep them in. How do we say well, it? Well, the, Giant the clocks go monster. back, it gets dark yeah. early. We don't <laughs> want our true. kids out. But especially at the turn of like the like not the 20th century or whenever it was, when people needed, again, when urban legends almost had a bit more power to them, what's more scary than a cannibalistic monster that looks like a deer ripping you to pieces and your family to pieces to stop you from going out when you shouldn't be going out. Uh, yeah. One of my biggest fears is being attacked by a malnourished deer and <laughs> you know, it, it haunts my dreams almost once a week. But you see what, what I was going to say about this is what I like about ones like this is when you start throwing the paranormal into it, it's almost how do you prove or disprove it? Cause you can say that, a malnourished deer isn't going to really be after you but it's a paranormal how do you know it's almost like it throws a little bit more legitimacy to it to take it from like a, oh that's just bullshit to a, hmm um, <laughs> do I risk that? the bigfoot is just a seven foot bloke in an outfit running <laughs> and through the forest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that deer the, yeah that, that's 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 uh, that's gonna eat you yeah well, it's just the mere image of it that's terrifying. If I was a kid and I got that story told to me, absolutely, I'm not leaving my house even during the summer. <laughs> yeah. God. And we're touching on this again, right, aren't we? When I was a kid, at my school, you, you could go for camping for a week, etc. And it was sitting around the campfire and you were trying to scare each other with ghost stories or scary stories. And, and again, we see that in films now. And it's like, what was it about that that? As a kid, you want to be terrified or, or you want to hear those stories. And, and, and yeah, like I said, I just don't know if it's just a, a thing that's disappeared now because you could prove they're not, or, well, you could prove or, or not disprove that these things are real, you know? I mean, as a kid, I love to be scared during the day. It's the nighttime that <laughs> yeah, I had a problem yeah. with. Yeah. I'm like, oh, watching uh, Chucky or Friday the 13th during the day. I'm like, that is really cool. Night falls. <laughs> I remember um, oh, this was years ago at work on the uh, the business park I worked at. I was I was going for a walk with uh, my manager, and out of this hedge, a fox comes out. And I'm thinking, you don't often see them during the day, so you know it's, it's probably malnourished. So you see where I'm going now. But um, <laughs> but I was thinking at the time I was going through all the horror films. I was thinking, right, have we seen a fox in a horror film? Are they? Should I be worried about this or not? Is it walking in front of me? It's funny you start relaying everything to horror films. <laughs> I'm still here to, to to tell the tale, so yeah. All turned out good. Yeah, I'm not going to say go up and play with a random fox you'll see, because just in case, uh, we're not saying that, but yeah. Man, I got to go find a fox and pet a, a bear. Thanks, Dan. Got that <laughs> yeah. advice from you. <laughs> yeah, and I just want to say, if you do take any advice from casting views, well, it's all on your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. 
I'm going to throw, or, or was there anything else about the Wendigo? Any other questions? No, although I did have, so one of the tribes um, that the Wendigo was commonly um, like part of like the urban legend culture type thing was the, uh, and I, now forgive me if I butcher this pronunciation, the Ojibwe tribe and they're southern Canada and the northern midwestern United States and there was um, a teacher um, from this um, tribe of people and they only died in 2015 but they gave this description of the Wendigo and again bearing in mind that this would have been a description that was given you know at, at, at a point at which we had access to the internet but it's still horrifically terrifying so the Wendigo was gaunt to the point of um, emaciation it's disaster dissected skin pulled tightly over its bones with its bones pushing out against its skin its complexion the ash gray of death and its eyes pushed back deep into their sockets the wendigo looked like a gaunt skeleton recently disinterred from the grave what lips it had were tattered and bloody unclean and suffering from the separation of the flesh the wendigo gave off a strange and eerie odor of decay and decomposition of death and corruption like that I, well, if you're a kid and you're hearing that well, I'm justin doesn't myself. sleep anyway so <laughs> yeah i'm good <laughs> <laughs> now you're saying that yeah i thought it was very much a canadian thing actually yeah it is more predominantly but it's like that period just over the border where like the tribes yeah. originally would have had like the land that kind of went through that 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 kind of like midsection of the United States and Canada. I'm sorry, I'm terrible with American geography. Uh, oh, am I? Forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> How far is Seattle from Canada? Oh, you're not that far, are you? So, oh, no, we're about an hour and a half up north. So, okay. Well done, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, I'll stay here. I'm good. I'm going to send Justin a picture of the map and it's going to be Seattle perfectly covered. <laughs> <laughs> Justin's next def- uh, podcast is going to be hi, and this is coming from Miami, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I'm going to. Well, I'm not going to say necessarily lighten things up a bit, but I'm going for something a little less scary and, and terrifying than that. I'm going to go for the Loch Ness monster. So, <laughs> Justin, I'm, I'm sure. Have, have, have you heard of it over? It's another one of my favorites, so I'm glad you're talking about it. Lou, I know you, so I kind of stole this. Well, we, we, we shared the same feature. We did have the so same idea, yeah. To be, to be fair, I only quickly added this on as an afterthought today because I realized I only had one. And so I thought, no, I, sh- I really should bring, as the host, I, sh- I should bring more than one to the, to the party. So uh, you might be able to fill in. But yeah, basically, the Loch Ness Monster is a monster that's said to inhabit Loch Ness in Scotland. The reason why I like this is because it's got an affectionate name. So Lou's giving you your blood-tattered demonic deer that's going to eat you. This one is called Nessie, right, which I really like. <laughs> it's often described as a large, long-necked creature with one or more humps protruding from the water. Now, what is interesting about this one is the amount of time that this monster has supposedly been sighted. So I think I saw today that the first sighting was actually in the year 565, 565. Yeah. So this is an enduring one. And do, do you know what I mean? So the fact that Nessie has evaded people for this long is quite impressive. Now, I could go into all the listings. I'm not. But the main one that brought Nessie to light was in 1933. So we're still now talking almost 100 years ago now. That was an article that was published um, in the Inverness Courier about a large beast or whale-like fish. It was the article by Alex Campbell, who was a part-time journalist, discussed the sighting by Aldi McKay of an enormous creature with the body of a whale rolling in the water in the lock. 
while she and her husband John were driving down the road. The word monster was reportedly applied for the first time in this article. So we then, you know, carry on, carry on, carry on. Two of the things, though, I did want to pull out, though, was in, um, in 2014, it was reported that a satellite image on Apple Maps showed what appeared to be a large creature uh, just below the surface of Loch Ness. At the locks far north, the image appeared about 30 metres, so 98 feet long. Now, this is what I always love about things like this. So bear in mind, people are saying that they think they've seen the 100-foot-long monster in the water. Explanations were it was possibly the wake of a boat, which I always find funny, because how do you mistake the wake of a boat with a monster? <laughs> saying the boat itself had been lost in the image, sti- uh, image stitching or low contrast, ripples caused by seal or floating wood. Now, <laughs> what I love about stuff like this is, if you take the first one, like the wake of a boat, I love that because you've then got like the conspiracy element of saying, well, the boat, there's no boat, but then you say, well, it got lost in the stitching of the images. Like how convenient that the boat was in <laughs> that part. Of the map down to it was a piece of wood, uh, you know, which always cracks me up. And in 2015, Google commemorated the 81st anniversary of the surgeon's photograph with a Google Doodle and added a new feature to Street View with which users can explore the lock above and below the water. There have been 10 searches over the years. There was a film, wasn't there, with Ted Danson about uh, Nessie? So Nessie has hit the big screen. Uh, so again, you know, anything Bigfoot can do, Nessie can do the, can do the same. But there are still recent sightings. For me, Loch Ness was something I was fascinated and obsessed with as a kid because it was, like you said, it felt plausible as a kid that this because the locks are so deep. You know, people are saying they couldn't really dredge the bottom, and you can't see these. They're so wide, so deep, and the idea of potentially a monster or a creature living. In Scotland, which, you know, even for us is like eight or nine hours away, it felt like it was something that could happen and it was a mystery. But I'd not heard anything for absolute years. But apparently, I think there are six sightings or there have been six sightings this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So because this article I've seen, said, it seems Nessie is back after a Scottish mum and daughter shared a photo of a mysterious black lump they say appeared before them as they walked on the banks of Loch, Loch Ness. The sighting has now been recorded as the sixth official sighting of the monster in 2022. Uh, and this was on the 11th, 11th of October, sorry, so only a few weeks ago. Now, before we go into talking about it, it's been explained as, as we said, bird wakes, it's potentially been eels, potentially an elephant. What? It was in 1979, California biologist Dennis Power and geographer Donald Johnson claimed that the surgeon's photograph was the top of the head extended trunk and flared nostrils of a swimming elephant photographed elsewhere and claimed to be from Loch Ness. And we'll come back to that shortly. And it's been described as a shark or catfish. Now, I think this photo they they always talk about, when you see it, it does look almost like, um, what's it? Is it Diplodocus or Diplodocus, however you say it? The head normally looks like that. And then you've got like the three humps in the water, haven't you? Yeah. That's the classic Nessie shape. So, Yeah. Loch Ness. What do you say about Loch Ness? What do we think? What I find funny about that is the word, I think, I think I saw this hundred foot monster in the water. How (laughs) do you miss a 60 to hundred foot thing in the water? To me, this one is terrifying. Out of all the urban legends, uh, take away the decaying deer. um, This one, uh, I have a fear of jumping into water. I have a fear of anything I can't see. And water is a huge point for me. 
And this one kind of hits hard for me. Um, when it comes to even when I swim in a lake, that's the first thing that pops into my head is, am I going to have this size of a whale prehistoric creature going to pop its head and eat me kind of deal? Um, even though I, I'm not a firm believer in it, it's still the idea that terrifies me. And you've hit the nail on the head there, that water, if you've ever kind of been out in the ocean or snorkeling, you really realize how insignificant you are to that massive water. Now, we've watched, um, here we go, uh, you'll probably be able to tell me, there's a film that's supposedly based on a true story about a couple that got left behind from a snorkeling trip. And then it was it featured them, and then apparently they got then eaten by sharks. That's what they oh, sure. it. I can't remember what the film was called. But my partner's seen that, and now that's ruined when we ever go snorkeling or anything for her because that's all she's got in her head. So where I'm going with this story now is that absolutely if you've if you've ever been in that position you realize how 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 vast the ocean is and why can't there be things hidden in the water yeah i i can't swim um i don't like water um if i was supposed to be able to swim i would have been born with webbed feet and gills (laughs) that's my stance so do you know what it is as well is like there were previous explanations that like Loch Ness Monster was actually like some sort of prehistoric dinosaur that was then trapped in the lock when water levels dropped. And so as a result remained there. And then that's kind of where like a reasonable, I say reasonable explanation, like <laughs> headed snake beast elephant looking thing that lives in Scotland. But yeah, for me, the whole water folklore stuff is immediately creepy to me. Because we already know that we don't know what's in the oceans. We can't go a certain depth. And it's a little bit like what you said about insignificance. So to me, it's more likely that Loch Ness is a legitimate thing than probably any other urban legend I've heard. Because plausibly, you know, we don't know if there are gigantic dinosaur monster things living (laughs) 20,000 feet below the ocean. And one of them did get trapped. I think that of all of them, this is probably the most legitimate to me. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. And you talk about the ocean, too, that if it were to be any prehistoric creature were to be anywhere to me, it would be in the ocean. And I don't I do not visit the ocean being on the coast. I stay completely away from it. Um, but if you look at the depth of uh, Loch Ness, of what I think it was like 755 feet or some crazy number like that, um, it, the depth and the length of that area, it leaves to question of just almost the same as an ocean. Are there things that we haven't really seen? Is there species at the bottom we haven't really seen? But to me, the ocean is realistic, and I can believe that. But a 100-foot creature in a lake, even given that depth, that's that's what I have problems swallowing. Yes, yeah, so Loch Ness, max depth is 227 meters. How wide is Loch Ness, then? It's... 2.7 kilometers wide. Oh, that's so a big, so a 100 foot monster in 2.7 kilometers. That's, you know. This is what I was going to say, right? So it goes for 36 kilometers. It's got an area of 56 kilometers and it's got a max depth of, I've got this in meters, uh, 227 meters. Now, that's what I was going to say is. It's more space than the whales get at SeaWorld. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's true. Like, you know, so it's perfectly plausible that that, that monster's fucking hiding in that log. But, but this is it. And that's what I was going to say. Whilst I think it is, or it could be plausible, be, uh, plausible, sorry, because of how vast the ocean is. We've just said that the story goes back to 595. So in all these years, we've never 
confidently said we've, we've spotted it. So you would think so. And now with so much satellite imagery and, and cameras and tourism, and there have been so many searches. And yeah, where's it going to hide? <laughs> so, so that's the only thing that always... And even I think as a kid, I was thinking is like, why hasn't anyone categorically seen it? I'm not just saying that these people haven't categorically seen it. I mean, we haven't categorically captured it properly on film, is what I mean. Do you know what it is? And the problem with the problem that there's always going to be, especially in the modern day, is we just talked about how you can Google anything on your phone. Now, there is not a public event, a public place, a bit of scenery that you can go to where people do not have phones in their hands. Now, imagine you're going to visit Loch Ness. I would have my camera out videoing 24-7, 4K, Ultra HD with sound, just in case I caught something. There is no way we've not seen something, unless like the Loch Ness Monster has just evolved to avoid people. <laughs> well, you bring a good point there, because because uh, I looked into Loch Ness before the show, too, and there was a many expectation, uh, expeditions on this, but one gave an example of a three to five week where they observed the lake. And that was back, I think, in the 70s. Now we have hundreds to probably thousands of people each day with phones that at some point we should have seen something. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Well, you're not giving Nessie credit to hide. She's just a champion hide and seeker. That's got to take some pointers. Well, can I just reference the first official sighting of the Loch Ness Monster then, from the one from 565 that you said? Yeah, yeah. So apparently it appeared in The Life of St. Columba, which I imagine was a book um, written by Adamnan, again, an author or someone, again, at the time. And so they said that a water beast um, attacked a man um, and mauled him and dragged him underwater, um, despite their attempts to rescue him by boat. Columba sent a follower to swim across the river. The beast approached him, but Columba made the sign of the cross and said, go no further. Do not touch the man. Go back at once. And the creature stopped as if it had been pulled back with ropes and fled. <laughs> Columba's man and the pigs gave what thanks for what they perceived as a miracle. So Loch Ness is actually um, Christian. Um, so what, that's what I think is. I think it's just not seen a priest in that long. It stayed <laughs> hidden because no man has come to to give it permission to leave the lake since. Well, what I was going to say, I just wanted to go back to to you, Lewis, sorry, and then just I'll throw to you was, you know, you said about um, what, how hasn't anybody seen this with all the cameras and that? Do you do you not remember? Maybe too young, but do you not remember that Kit Kat advert from TV years ago over here? So you know the chocolate bar Kit Kat. There was an advert. Okay, it's an advert, but there was this guy. It was um. He was a photographer and he had a camera pointed out. It was called a panda enclosure, but he wasn't seeing anything. So he stops, turns around to have a Kit Kat and the panda comes out on roller skates. <laughs> it was a guy in the suit who comes out roller skate and then goes in when he's finishing. How do we know Nessie isn't just having a laugh with us all these years? <laughs> well, we talk about what we would do if we saw Bigfoot and we just obviously stare at it. Now with Loch Ness, I have to review after you release this episode on how to get rid of Loch Ness by just blessing it, apparently. So this <laughs> is, <laughs> I got to get a script going. You got to get a transcript of that and just put it on the web. I bet you it would be popular. You can make a buck off of that. <laughs> oh dear. I'm actually just seeing the time. Where's the time going? We're going to go and do a casting views trip to Loch Ness and I'm going to bring holy water, a Bible and, if we can, it sounds like the exorcist, the reboot of the exorcist. It sounds like <laughs> I think people will think I'm crazy if I just sat by the lock and go, Come no further. It's gonna be oh, Dan. It could be our version of what's the monster from Pirates of the Caribbean? 
Oh, the one controlled by Davy Jones. Is it the Kraken? The Kraken. It's going to be <laughs> our British version of the Kraken. It's going to be like the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> it's going to be like a little salmon or something, isn't yeah, it? It's gonna, it's gonna, yeah, the, the Loch Ness Monster. We can go, we can summon it, and then whenever it hears our outro, it gets summoned. Yeah, well, you know, you can you can have your Wendigos, you can have your Bigfoots. I present Nessie. Right. <laughs> I think that's probably one of the biggest ones that we've got. Yeah. Right, Justin, what's, let's have another one. Ooh, this one's kind of a wacky one, but I don't know. I love it. This one is the Bunny Man. Have you guys heard of the Bunny Man? Now, I've heard of the Bunny Man, but don't know much detail about the Bunny I'm Man. I'm not sure I have. I've also heard of the Candyman, loosely related cousin by any chance. Yeah, distant cousin, I would imagine. <laughs> it's, not, it's not Donnie Darko related, is it? <laughs> it's like a hybrid of both. Like, so... Now, this one, you can imagine the most terrifying image other than that uh, damn deer of just a guy in a bunny suit that just wields axes. So this one goes back to 1904, where a bus crashed transferring patients to an asylum in Virginia over here. The patients escaped, and the they found all of them but one, where they found a litter of dead bunnies on the road. And we had reports of this guy in a bunny suit just having an axe and uh, graffitiing buildings and just threatening people with axes, throwing axes. And that one is probably one of the bigger ones of Virginia. And he, every report that um, people would report on him to try and locate him, they wouldn't find him. But there has been reports of police seeing a silly uh, shadow of this bunny guy with just the ears and an axe. So to this day, they still haven't found this guy, but there are still reports of a bunny man, which we're talking uh, about a human. So this one, do you think it would be just copycats at this point, since I doubt a guy dressed in a bunny suit that's going to be 120 years old? <laughs> or is he? <laughs> right, which goes into another legend that we could have, to our earlier conversation, talked about. Uh, just the spirit of it, right? And that's some of the rumors out there now is that it's just the spirit of the bunny man. I feel like that makes a really scary Halloween costume. So do people dedicate Halloween costumes and that sort of thing to the bunny man and dress up as the bunny man? I would agree. And it's I'm surprised we haven't seen more horror concepts of this because I'm reading the story. There's no real pictures. And it's using my imagination to try and visualize this. And I'm actually visualizing the thing from Donnie Darko. Only on a yeah. like, like on an escalated level. It does have all the ingredients to a horror film, though, doesn't it? Everything you said. So, it's did you say it was taking the group of patients to an asylum? Did you say? And yep, you've got the axes and the bunny heads. Yeah, it's it's got all the ingredients to be a, a classic horror, doesn't it? And I don't know this one. I found interesting. I have a whole list of them, but this one just stood out to me as. I think I read this story a few times and I could not get it out of my head. So I just had to talk about it and, and give that nightmare to us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I pass that on to you. <laughs> this kind of reminds me, do you know, when you said mentioned about copycats, this kind of reminds me, do you know, there was that killer clown trend years ago? Yes. Where like people were dressing up as clowns and standing in the middle of the road with like legitimate chainsaws in their hands. This kind of feels like it's got that vibe about it, but almost feels a little bit more legitimate because the story, <laughs> like we knew that the killer clown thing was just 
people trying to be freaky for the sake of being freaky. But this, because of the legend behind it, almost feels much more creepy because it's like there's an air of legitimacy about it. So even if it was like copycats and like there, there were the odd occasional sightening of a like, you know, bunny ear shadows, whatever it might be, that to me is actually much more terrifying. Yeah, well... It- now that you bring up the killer clown, I don't know which one to me would be more terrifying, even if I didn't know <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> like, you just gave me a new nightmare. I haven't thought about that in years. Well, I don't think we had... We had stories of them here, but I don't ever think anyone ever actually saw them. I think they were just stories being reported. Someone said they saw killer clowns, you know. Obviously, not thinking they really are killer clowns. But, yeah, I, I, I believe that it probably did happen in the States. But I think over here, it just then became like lose that a proper urban legend right i don't think anyone actually saw them they were just being reported in the media as having been seen but but when did you say this one took place just uh, ni- 1904 1904 that's so a this classic time period for horror stuff <laughs> well this could have been like the clown uh thing here but in 1904 it could have been like a 50 people dressing up in rabbit suits just going down to the dirt roads and wielding axes yeah, that 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 sounds spooky. That sounds weird. It's not one. Yeah, it's not one I've ever heard of. I think I think I've heard a different variation though of this because I was I just googled it to see if I could refresh my mind. And there's instances in the 1970s of like a bunny man, but committing like murders again. Yeah, with the axe. And then again, it talks about like individual sightings. So it says in the weeks following particular incidents, there were 54 reported sightings of the bunny man from independent sources. Independent. All all independent from each other. Independent from each other. (laughs) Or people wanting some airtime. Do you see what you said earlier about the youngsters getting straight onto Google and checking things out? (laughs) Right? Right? Unbelievable. (laughs) You ruined it, Lou. That is very creepy. Although, if you did have to pick, would you rather have Killer Clown or Killer Bunny? Uh, uh, okay, Bunny. I feel if both had the intent of killing me, I'd rather be killed by the clown because I would probably walk up to a bunny because I think it's cuter. <laughs> <laughs> so my chance of survival on a clown, I'd go the other way. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Though, if you've got to be taken out by either one of them, surely a rabbit is a cuter way to go. Oh yeah, and also just imagine the last noise you're ever going to hear is like. Like, how insufferable would that be while you're being murdered with an axe by a clown? And that's the last noise of the album. Ah, you know Are you trying to claw at him and then you, put, you grab his, like, you the, grab the his tissue? Nose. No, you grab a tissue in his pocket, you just keep pulling it out. <laughs> it just keeps, keeps on coming. Oh, my God. Someone so needs to do a sketch on this. We can so do a sketch. <laughs> yeah, this. you clutch it. And there's a flower in his chest that just squirts water in your face that knocks you out. Oh, sorry. You're punching him in the head, but hitting him in the nose. You just hit. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Do you remember what we Definitely said at the start mean. about taking factual advice from us? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, maybe we do. We write like a brief document and it's like the bunny man survival guide. Do you know, you get like those warning posters that people put out being like, in the event of flood, do this. <laughs> Surely you just got to bring a big oversized bunch of carrots with you and you can just throw them. Just throw toilet just paper wave, rolls what, at them. Yeah, wave, wave the <laughs> carrot in its face and throw it away from you. <laughs> I'm sorry, oh Mr. 
Mr. Bunny Man, we're, we're taking this seriously. Sorry. Okay, you're right. The thing is, as well, it's not even funny. I'm actually going to have a fucking night terror now. <laughs> uh, I'm talking shit, but when we get off this podcast, I'm putting Kevin Hart straight on to have a laugh, and I'm sleeping with my lights on. Just watch out for any any unicycles in the town around <laughs> yeah, you. I'm going to hear like that clown car noise like through my window in the distance. Like, nah, bicycle bell. I it's like you know you know that scene in friends if you ever watch it where joey works out that um chandra and monica are seeing each other he's hearing clues it's like look we're watching the news and it's like oh a unicycle shop has opened up in the town just at the same time as the circus is in town <laughs> yeah <laughs> right lou what have you got next on your list okay so i've got more kind of like a tale as opposed to like a physical thing i guess you would say it's more supernatural um, this was something that was quite common at school, and I think in the States you would have had a different equivalent. So we had Bloody Mary. Don't know if you heard of like the Bloody Mary, where you're in a mirror calling out her name, and then a spirit comes and murders you, apparently. I think in the States you candy have man. the Candyman. Yeah, or we <laughs> yeah, might have yeah, had the yeah. Candyman as well. I don't know which, but but that's kind of like the variations, I guess. Bloody Mary was really um, common at school. So there was like people who would like go into the toilets when you were younger and be like, we're going to switch the lights off and do it three times in the mirror. And then like people would just like try and jump scare each other, basically. But it became like a legitimate thing to the point of like, I remember when I was young being like, I can't go to the toilet at night because I'm going to look in the mirror. And what if like I just got tempted to say it? Like what would happen to me? My parents would find me and I'd be murdered. Did you ever not say it twice? And then like, yeah, yeah, be like nah, 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 I'm not doing I'm, it third time. I'm, yeah, I'm bitching out. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is actually like proper origin story for this though. Um, so originally the ritual encouraged young women to walk up a flight of stairs backwards, holding a candle and a hand mirror in a darkened house. And as they gazed into the mirror, they were supposed to be able to catch a view of their future husband. However, there was a chance that they would see a skull or the face of the Grim Reaper instead. And this indicated <laughs> that they were going to die before they had a chance to marry. So in the ritual today, Bloody Mary allegedly appears to individuals or groups who ritualistically invoke her name in an act of catromancy? Catropromancy? I don't know. These words are too big and long to me. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't do it. And, but do you know what the problem is for me with this one is there's no set number of times you say the name. So some it's three, some say it's 15, right. some say it's 13 because it must be unlucky number. Um, so I kind of feel like at what point do you stop? Do you just stop until she appears? Um, so you need to do the ritual by uh, chanting her name into a mirror placed in a dimly lit or candle lit room. There's always candles with this scary shit as well, isn't there? <laughs> it's like, the occult, isn't it? Candle. It's all the occult yeah, and the paranormal. Honestly, paranormal. Yeah. Um, the name must be uttered 13 times or another specified number of times. And apparently the apparition appears as a corpse, witch or ghost that can be friendly or evil and sometimes seen covered in blood, hence the name. I'm going to uh, guess the covered in blood one's evil. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. I, I think seeing the one covered in blood, I don't think she's reaching through your mirror to give you a, a firm handshake. I also don't like the fact that you've got a 50-50 chance. It could yeah, yeah, be good, it could be evil. <laughs> also, does it, does it matter on what type of person you are? Does like she only come for you if you're evil? Can anybody catch the smoke? Like, I don't know. I don't know. So surrounding the ritual states that the participants may endure the apparition, screaming at them, cursing them, strangling them, stealing their soul, drinking their blood or scratching out their eyes. Do you not feel uncomfortable making fun of this now, though? 
I mean, I just, when I go to the bathroom, I just won't look at the mirror. And then I've got, see, if you could see this on video, I actually do have that mirror over my right shoulder, which is slightly freaking me out now. If you yeah, but you have to this. say, you have to say the keyword though. They're, they're yeah, often random true. things though. This is true. So as long as I don't say it two more times and don't talk about the actual ritual like that. Right, Justin, we've got to trick him to say it another time. (laughs) Before we go into... What did you you say this was again, sorry? Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Before I go into like the phenomenon explanations, um, did you ever experience this at school or like a variation of this, like the Candyman, that sort of thing? That's obviously to both of you. So I... This one was big over here. I mean, in school, we were too scared shitless to do any of that. Um, (laughs) So we wouldn't do it. And as you read the description, it almost reads like a contract negotiation. It's like, okay, so (laughs) zero to 13 times. It may be friendly. It may not. It's like they came to an agreement at the end. Just say, okay, list all the bad things that could be happened just to make sure we don't get sued. (laughs) And, And, but this one... Candyman really brought this story, I think, out um, yeah. where kids actually really uh, researched this or actually attempted it. Me personally, not a chance. <laughs> no. Nope. I think I think it was Bloody Mary for me as well. But yeah, I remember Candyman being bringing it back and being quite yeah. Because you'd look in the mirror and you'd say right, because that was three times. You say right, I could say it twice. I know I'm going to be saved twice, but then you have to say what's the uh, the limitation do i have to wait 24 hours before i can say it again does it reset after 24 or does it never reset so if i then said Candyman, uh, you know a year later when it's still triggered and, and trusting like you said try it's like you know all the words you get at the end of a financial advert about shares it says the value of your investment could go could go down as well as up and it sounds like this the ghostly apparition that appears could be evil as well as good you know you take it on yourself yeah there's just too many variables about this to even want to to even want to contemplate doing this <laughs> <laughs> there are um some explanations for the phenomenon of of seeing like an apparition in a mirror apparently staring into a mirror in a dimly room for a prolonged period of time can actually cause you to hallucinate so facial features may appear to melt distort disappear or rotate whilst other hallucinatory elements such as animals or strange faces may appear now there's giovanni caputo of the university of abino wrote that the phenomenon, which he calls the strange face illusion, is believed to be a consequence of disassociative identity effect, which causes the brain's facial recognition system to misfire in what is currently an unidentified way. Um, And then other explanations have included things like self-hypnosis, because I guess if you're standing in a room, in a candlelit room, staring deeply into a mirror whilst concentrating on this thing, I guess you are kind of like setting yourself up into a mindset that's like, I'm taking everything else out into my mind. I'm going to make this happen. And your Mm. brain can play tricks on you, especially in the dark. Mm. How many times have you ever walked through your house if you've switched lights off and thought, what did I just see? Or walked through like a dimly lit street and been like, was that something that moved there and not seen something? Like you said, why would you in reality be scared to look into a mirror and say something three times? So I guess if you've already got that in the back of your head and you're doing it in the dark and you're doing it with a candle yeah. The other thing I was going to say was we we mentioned it in our superstition episode. Actually, there's been a long-standing thing in certain cultures that the mirror was representative of like life and the soul, wasn't it? Are we saying that if you say the right wording or incantation in the right condition, that potentially you might see the opposite or what's on the other side? If you know what I mean? Because remember, we said that's where the broken mirror bad luck comes from. 
yeah, was, yeah. you know, you, you were destroying it. It's, it's supposed to be a symbol of life. What I always remember when I was young about this is like, why would I even want to tempt fate? That's what they say is going to do it. Yeah. Fine, those people that are do it, you go for it. I'm just going to sit here and read my my comic. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I guess there's not much of a difference here between something like this and like a Ouija board or something, is there? Really, that's yeah. kind of like, but because I guess that's kind of the same thing that you're playing with. I guess the only difference with the Ouija board is like there's a physical, tangible thing that you're touching, as opposed to this, where it's like, okay, I don't, I'm not touching anything. I'm just saying something. It feels more disassociated from real consequence, I guess. Um, there is also a little bit of history on terms of. Um, who the apparition is. So there's some debate on whether or not it's actually based on a real woman. Um, and a number of historical figures have been put forward, including Mary um, the First of England. So that was the daughter of Henry VIII, who had 300 religious dissenters burned at the stake during her reign, um, earning her the name Bloody Mary. Elizabeth Bathroy was a 17th... I can only say it once more. Um, Elizabeth Bathroy was a 17th century Hungarian countess who allegedly tortured and killed 650 girls and women, bathed in their blood and was accused of vampirism. Wow. Um, and then a Mary Worth who was identified as either a woman who killed slaves escaping American South via the Underground Railroad or a woman who was burned alive at the stake during the witch trials in the early modern period. Um, so there's a number of historical figures. And also that kind of explains why it's kind of gone across the Atlantic because we've got both American and British explanations for the historical character of she who shall not be named. Um, <laughs> I can see my reflection. In, so I don't know if this counts. This is what Dan was saying about what that wasn't like, your you know, reflection. I could see <laughs> <laughs> like just staring into a webcam count. I don't know. This feels like an episode of unfriended. Do you know that film on Facebook where they're all on that live chat together? And they're all disappearing and being murdered in horrific ways. I did want to send Justin. I was going to send you a message. Should we just say, what's happened to Lou? What's, what's... <laughs> <laughs> Lou? Lou, talk to Lou, us, Lou. you there? I file this under creepy. It's like, these are the kind of ones that, yeah, any person that doesn't believe in that, you always, or, or a lot of people I know, would think twice about doing it because you're, you're always like, well, why would I even bother trying? You know, I'm not going to tempt that fate there. That's the thing. And I feel like, again, this is one of those ones that kind of like carries out into adulthood because ad as an adult, you can just get away with being like, oh, that's bloody stupid. But we all know that you just wouldn't do it because you're too, <laughs> too concerned that there might if, be a consequence. If anyone listening has done this, get in touch with us <laughs> and let us know how it turned out for you. <laughs> I'd be the one pressuring other people to do it just to see if it works. I'll be in the back watching. Oh, oh sorry. You just reminded me, though, Louis, something you said there with vampirism. I remember for me when I was a kid, vampires were a huge deal. I was worried that Dracula was going to come after me. It wasn't Bloody Mary or whatever. But yeah, vampires, I thought, were, were these real, you know, you, you think they're these real things. So they were all the rage. They were more the rage then, I think, than they are in films now. And again, that that was another weird thing. It's like, what what makes you believe in that? Vampires were scary to me as a kid up until you saw everybody dressing like them in high school. And then it just <laughs> kind of, eh. <laughs> I don't know when this episode is, but Lou's got a, Lou's got a, a hot take on, on that, that people that dress like that, didn't you, in our last episode? So, Oh my God, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another one I remember sort of as a, as a kid growing up, and to some extent you still do get it now, we have had a history of big cats prowling the countryside here apparently <laughs> that's actually very true yeah yeah right and I'll, I'll kind of go into it but i will throw this into the camp of loch ness and nessie if we've still not found out after 100 years our island isn't the biggest island so you know i know the countryside is the countryside but 
if there were these big cats prowling, again, how we haven't seen them or caught them as such always um, has, has eluded me. Basically, since the 1960s, there have been many alleged sightings of big cats across Britain. A 15-month survey conducted in 2003 to 2003 to 2004, I can't say, I've got to get my teeth in, by the British Big Cat Society gave the following regional breakdown. So this was, so remember, a 15-month survey, 03 to 04, 2,052 sightings of big cats, right? Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, and that was, so the biggest region being the southwest of 21%. Since 1903, a number of exotic cats, all of which are thought to have escaped from cat captivity, have been killed or captured. So that's where, you know, where the, the story comes from, is supposedly people have either... Uh, what's the word they've imported these these wild cats and have let them go because they don't want to get caught or they, they've grown too big for them a couple of the more popular ones there was one called the beast of bodmin moor and there was what's the other one uh the other one i've got it here oh beast of exmoor now i did have a look at a list of all of them and again as with any good urban legend or scary story it's all about the wording so here are the alleged cat sightings right and spot the theme the beast of bodmin moor the Beast of Exmoor, the Beast of Buchan, the Beast of Cumbria, the whole Hellcat, the Berry Beast, the Wildcat of Wakefield. Uh, so, you, you know, it's all adding that little bit of drama around it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Lou, there's a couple supposedly near us. So you've got the okay. Bedfordshire Big Cat and the Beast of Silso, which is kind of between you and me-ish. But I like this. So that was described as a cat as big as a Labrador. So it might be a Labrador. It might. And I won't go into it because there's a lot. But ultimately, there are so many sightings. And if you see them, some of them just look like a picture of a cat zoomed up, though. You know, so, so it's just bigger. Or there's been reports of, like, body parts. Uh, not body parts, like animal, like a dog leg being found. But ultimately, we have foxes and things roaming the countryside as well that you know, might do desperate things in desperate sort of times. Well, you know, in, in the UK, we, we just don't have particularly dangerous animals. Like in, in, you know, certain parts of the world, like in Australia, spiders in the night could kill you. And I know in the States, like you guys have like mountain lions and stuff, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we don't have anything like that. Like we have pigeons and we might have like chickens or sheep. Sheep are quite aggressive. We don't like sheep. And that sort of thing. We've never, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But typically, cows are big we, killers here. Cows, cows, are big cows, cows actually are. And do you know what? I read a statistic that said that I think that if you have a, if a cow attacks you, your chance of survival is actually only twenty five percent if you get attacked by a cow in the UK. That's crazy. On digression here, I we went when we moved to the new town. We walked through this like um, green walk, as they call it, you know, through the fields and that. And there were these cows, and my partner was saying them, I oh, don't get too close to them. I was saying, no. She goes, no, no, they kill a lot of walkers. I said, don't be so ridiculous. Get home, look at the newspaper, walkers trampled, killed to death by cows in, in yeah, real. And I'm like, okay, all right, I believe you. Cows are actually what? really dangerous things here, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what kind of cows do you have over there? Like, <laughs> what? You don't get too close to find out. Yeah, yeah, we have, we have very <laughs> no. territorial cows because they, you walk through the field and they're like, literally, you what, bruv? That's that's the way that they are in the UK. <laughs> Jeez. Right, well, okay, so I had a terrible experience. I went for a walk and my girlfriend's got a dog. It's an old Labrador. He's like 11 or 12 years old now. 
And we went for a walk with him and near her, there's lots of open fields and they all have cows where you walk through those cow fences so they can't get through them. And I've been in fields with cows before, never had an issue. So we're walking towards them, but my girlfriend's still very, very apprehensive. So we're walking to a group of three of them and I'm like, okay, nothing to be worried about. Look, just walk, just walk. She walked, we walked towards it and two of them, absolutely fine. And obviously they're actually really big things to be fair. Um, and there was a third one. It was like a brown and white cow. And it looked, and it just didn't stop looking at me. I was like, okay, it's a little bit weird. To the point where my girlfriend looked at it and said, I'm going the other way. So I was like, don't be stupid. It will be fine. Got towards this cow. And then as I started walking past it, it did that thing with its hoof. Do you know where like bulls do it? They do that. Like they, they dip the dirt up. And then it started walking towards me and the dog much more quickly. And in that moment, I thought to myself, I was like, I cannot have it written on my gravestone that I was trampled by a cow. I was like, I cannot have this. I was like, I've eaten too much beef in my life to have the retribution <laughs> brought back to me by the, by the brother of what I've eaten. Although like, it's not happening. There you go, Justin. About 22 people are killed by cows each year. And uh, of those, what I like about it is 75% were intentional. <laughs> what? <laughs> we Okay. There's a ton of cows over here. Now I'm going to be looking over my shoulder every time I go by a cow. I need a lose blessing. What What do you say to Loch Ness again? Oh, no, I don't <laughs> think gotta... that works with cows. <laughs> it has not been tested yet. <laughs> cows just cows are just out for revenge. Well, they? well, this is the thing. I just thought to myself, I was like, it's a big animal. Don't make sudden movements. Continue walking at the pace that I'm walking and just remain calm. And then there was a, another woman who was a dog walker walking towards me. She, when I got to her, put her dog on the lead and said, I have never seen a cow do that in this field. And I just thought to myself, I was like, was I really at risk then? Or was I just trying to be brave in front of my girlfriend? I thought my other half, I thought maybe she'd misunderstood the story or something. So I'm like looking at walking up to these cows. And then when we got home, I'm like, yeah, I'm not tempting that fate either. <laughs> um, but but sorry, yeah, back, back on the story. I think there have been some pictures. I can't, what are they called? Are they called caracals or carrot carousels? You know, they've got like, they are slightly mm, bigger cats. I think they've been spotted here. And I, I can absolutely imagine with that, you know, the trend for people to want to bring in these pets and then let them go because they can't look after them. But to answer the, the, the original ones where, you know, like I'm growing up, where they're talking about panthers and lynxes is how do they evade being caught or captured? I, I, I just can't. Yeah. You know, and the pictures are always grainy footage that were, you know, it's taken there about... 200 miles away and it's a it's a cloudy day and it's like yeah and they, they're convinced that that's a panther I, I, I don't know i don't know well i've just read an article because again i'm doing more googling and this is in grimsby live where is grimsby my british geography isn't particularly brilliant grimsby, i thought isn't that up north north is that near manchester oh, i don't know I could be. you might be offending a load of people by saying that so let's let's we'll, we'll so i'll let it out i'll let it yeah. out <laughs> So here we go. So this, the, yeah, the no, article... I'm sorry. Um, no, I'm completely wrong. Yeah. Um, when when I edit this, yeah. So Grimsby is actually on the uh, the east coast, kind of. Yeah, it's actually close like Norwich way. No, 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 oh. no. It's further up. So you've got Manchester right. here. Obviously, for the people at home, just imagine where I'm pointing. Manchester's here, <laughs> Sheffield's here, and Grimsby's there. So right. Okay. So I've seen this in the in the Grimsby Live, and this is Jaguar spotted in northern Lincolnshire. Oh, my God, I should have just read the article to you. It's northern Lincolnshire. <laughs> as big cat sightings rise. <laughs> and then the people said, she said, the incident happened on Saturday, the May 21st, around 4 p.m. My friend and I were just confused, really, when we saw it in a nearby field, as it was much bigger than your average cat. We tried to use our phones to zoom in, but it was too blurry. It honestly had Jaguar-like sizing, though, and a similar tail, too. 
it right this article was released on the 11th of june 2022 uh, what what are you using to take your video that can't zoom in <laughs> a fucking motorola razor from the early 2000s like got what have you filmed that like, zoom in on the moon now have you yeah, seen do you know what i mean i can take ultra 4k hd video two and a half miles away with my mobile and you're telling me you can't capture a big cat going for a field no i don't believe it she's what it's story in the paper just one more thing i've got before i do uh, sort of justin over this to you about this is um there was a story here. There was a brilliant one here. So it might have been around 95-ish, but there was a, a report about a boy who found the leopard skull lying on the banks of the river Fowey, Fowey, which was brilliant because you think, oh, we've got proof. However, the Natural History Museum soon found the leopard skull to have been imported into this country as part of a leopard skin rug. So <laughs> like, all I'm going to finish with is I remember, again, being fascinated because, again, as a kid, the idea that there were these big cats prowling the countryside. So I remember every car journey, I was always looking out the window just in case I saw that jaguar or that panther. What's your view on this one, Justin? Anything similar in, in the States? Well, actually, it's more likely, like Lou said, to be fair, you've got... You've hang got... on, sorry, hang on a minute. Justin can't go for a walk in the forest because Bigfoot <laughs> gets him. He can't go near the Canadian border because the Wendigo gets him. Um, and what did we say about water? He don't like water, so he can't do his episode in Miami, Florida. And now you're saying he can't go walking in mountains because there's fucking mountain lions as well. This man cannot do a thing. We're in Britain. <laughs> I got a... I have to move. I'm out. No, we've got oh the cows my God. here. Justin, we've no, got, we got the cows here. Oh, my God. We've got the cows here. Oh, my God. So this, I know you mentioned this to me yesterday, Dan, about this sick, this uh, large cat thing, and I kind of chuckled, and I didn't re- I was like, what? But this is more common than you actually think. Just, And this is where we get into technology. Just Google 600-pound cat. I'm looking at, like, 50, 60 pictures of large cats. Some of them are mostly amusing. Uh, but like, there's like, who comes up with that? Like, they, you use words like beast and you use words like, um, yeah. like, I don't get the concept of why, how they were trying to make a cat terrifying. It's a cat. And like I said, if you just Google some of the images, some do just look like house cats that have been stretched or, or, or maybe as they've um, as they've taken a picture, they're moving, so it's just elongated the body of the cat. I mean, I'm, I'm, I remember seeing once it did just look like a ginger house cat. <laughs> no, no, no more. Well, do you think that this is an urban legend to prove? Because what we talked about earlier to uh, set a guy, set of rules for kids, or is this just kind of a fun little bit? I think maybe someone has seen one. Maybe there was a larger cat. Like I said, maybe there might have been a runaway or something from from a, a sanctuary. And then I think people want to see things. Yeah. You know, yeah, they want to be the one. Mm-hmm. And this was back in the day where you could then get on the national press. True. You know, nowadays you can just upload a picture to Twitter or whatever. I think there's a, a longing for people to want to spot something like this. And, and and say they've got the evidence, they've got that definitive shot of a cat that's as big as a Labrador, which they're not that big either, really, Labradors. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And it's I think it's part of that, uh, the attention, wanting to be in the spotlight too. And you take something as safe as a cat to kind <laughs> of be something just mild to be in that spotlight, just just enough to kind of give you that attention. But, you know, it's a curious topic. It's a very Well, let me tell you how many people are killed by cats each year in England. Uh, 
Now, this is what I was saying, obviously, Lou, earlier about with your bad news at the start. I you know, you made me feel bad about talking about this one. But... Well, you know what, then? To lighten the mood, I've actually found something really funny because, again, using Google, which is my best friend, I just Googled the top 15 like or like top wild animals in the States. Um, <laughs> right. And oh, you've no. got cougars, alligators, grizzly bears, bison, moose, coyotes, bobcats. And then I've done the same, but looked at Britain. And we've got badgers, um, fox, <laughs> um, rabbits. Dormouse is actually one of them. And I'm just thinking <laughs> European hedgehog is another one. I'm like, we just don't have to deal with half. We don't even have the to... British hedgehog. Is... <laughs> <laughs> Bobcats, so they're funny ones, though, aren't they, Jessica? Because they look quite cute, but aren't they quite nasty? So or they can be. They can be. And when you look at cougars, too, you don't, you picture something decently sized but nothing when you actually see them up close they are monstrous they are intimidating and they are scary as hell um and going in majority of the woods that we spend a lot of the summers to you have to be aware of that surrounding in this area because you do have a high possibility of seeing animals like that especially bears over here is it common then for people to like go on walks and take like a form of protection in like the form of a firearm or something with them as a result of the risk of encountering a wild animal? Uh, some do. I mean, me, I'm not a huge gun guy, just upfront and honest. Um, I'm like, bring the bear spray, bring maybe a knife or just, you know, bring some sort of protection, you know, maybe I'll, I'll be there throwing rocks at it. <laughs> we, we bring we bring we bring like mosquito repellent maybe at most and some sunscreen yeah, <laughs> yeah but that's the thing like yeah. basil basil brush is really not worrying us <laughs> i see a fox and i'm like oh my god that's a fox <laughs> however we do have to be careful if you're walking through the like long grass here it's ticks ticks can be quite bad if they can mm. give you that lyme disease can't they or... oh yeah oh, oh yeah, Dan, yeah yeah that's brilliant yeah. daniel justin's talking about seeing fucking mountain lions and you're like oh yeah ticks they're real <laughs> these oh, things probably could kill you more <laughs> Because at least you can see a bear. <laughs> I've got a chance of seeing a bear. <laughs> you ain't got a chance of seeing me. Right. Yeah. Right. right. That, that's my two. So who's got more? So do we want to rattle through? So Justin, do you want to give us another one? Uh, da, 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 da. I don't know if we want to talk about the Richard Gere thing or just have a little <laughs> fun with it. But... Lou, do you know the Richard Gere thing? The story? I don't know. Actually, you can do it. I, I, I read about this last night, if you remind me. Apparently, it was supposedly started by Sylvester Stallone, wasn't it? That's what I read. That's the newest rumor. <laughs> that rumor happened this year. So, so Dan, I think we need to talk about, let's, to lighten the load of all this horrific thing. So, actually, I think this would actually give me more nightmares. Um, <laughs> Have you guys heard of the Richard Gear urban legend? No, I have, I definitely, yeah. Personally. Okay. This one was pretty big in the States where, without going into full graphic detail, but he was accused of sexually pleasing himself with a gerbil in Lou, an just area. Be careful, please, with what you say here, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> and right. the tools used were that of what you would find around the house. But this escalated pretty heavily i think it was in the 90s if i remember correctly i'm not too sure um but without internet uh being hugely popular this one actually took uh the urban legends to a new level when it comes to celebrity status and uh, when it comes to it almost went from rumor to just being come an actual urban legend um now dan you said you looked into it what what were your thoughts when you uh when you saw it well, I just I was very careful with what I searched, by the way. Sorry, but um, <laughs> no, no, I no, because 
I, I do remember this story, and I don't know how how I remember hearing about it. Is that not the whole South Park? Was it Lamykins? I'm sure that's that's all linked to that, yep. right? Yep. But I just remember googling it just to find out what type when it started, and just seeing that yeah, the the current thing was about apparently Stallone was involved in it, which I it kind of made me chuckle at that that bit. Wait, he started it or he was involved in it? No, I I, I think that he started it. He was the one okay. that supposedly started the rumor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have my own theory on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was around the time, I think, of Pretty Woman. I think Julia Roberts started this one. I think she was so pissed off that he snapped that jewelry case on her finger. She got her revenge on this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that, that's the director's cut version. <laughs> Place blame on Stallone. This one is actually an interesting one to me because given the time the rumors or the uh, urban legend of what it may be came out, it was a pretty taboo and extreme uh, urban legend to come out, especially with such a random person. Because um, if you look at... Uh, the time again you had stallone which that's probably where it came into the uh, rumors um but you had the 90 action stars you have like nick cage you have stallone arnold schwarzenegger why richard gear it was so <laughs> random that it almost convinced people that it was true I, do you know what i'm trying to think back now though what i don't remember richard gear though being overly in the press all the time or am i just remembering that wrong so i'm wondering if he was a good target because he was so elusive in the press that maybe it was more viable than someone who's always featured in the, the the magazines and the papers. Which That's a good point, too. You try and put, like, Stallone in that picture. They're like, nah, Stallone wouldn't put treat a gerbil that way. <laughs> but you, but you kind of look at Richard Gere. You're absolutely right. I can totally picture Richard Gere sticking a gerbil in his ass. He looks like... <laughs> <laughs> and, and I can see Lou Googly. Just be careful, mate. <laughs> just make sure you hit images. Put, putting the VPN on. <laughs> <laughs> but you do hit on a on a whole other kind of urban legend. And I remember as well, when I was a kid, that there were rumours of male celebrities removing a rib so they could pleasure mm. themselves as well. You know, and you're thinking, yep. to what extent would you go to have surgery, you know, to, to do that? I, oh, are you asking me? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one too, yeah. But yes, yeah, Lou, yeah, it's, it's, it's probably a weird one because I guess we're dating this one with being Richard Gere, I guess. I don't think it can happen now, probably because of lawyers and stuff like that. But it was just something at the time. It just ran around like a rumor like that could go around playgrounds and offices and clubs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, this coming kind, home from school. This oh, kind badly. of reminds me of like the whole Freddie Star ate my hamster thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you remember that was a story for ages? And it was about like Freddie Star legitimately putting someone's hamster between two slices of bread and just yamming down on it. Yeah, he was a British comedian. Oh, crazy. <laughs> Well, he's also there's other since he passed. There's other problematic things have come out about him. But yeah, there yeah. was a rumor <laughs> was about yeah eating a hamster. But and it, well, there's the Aussie Osborne eating the bat or, or biting the bat head as well, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, when you peckish, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm actually sorry, but Aussie Osborne's far too easy of a target. I feel sorry for him. No, but I think he. Oh no, but I think he did do it. But it was obvious. I think it was a prop, wasn't it? It was. Oh, right, it was oh sorry. Yeah, I think he did yeah. do it. I was about to be like, oh shit, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they in the in the day, these these rock bands, these. Uh, yeah, this uh, is true. It's kind of like, well, yeah, yeah, anything, anything, anything. <laughs> Justin, have you got have you got any more? Oh, I think that's it for me. 
I was going to briefly touch on one, and that's only because I'm hawking back to my university town, and it's Robin Hood. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Um, Robin Hood, obviously, Justin... He was real. I, I thought he was real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, Justin, I imagine you've got a little bit of context on Robin Hood. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I obviously went to university in Nottingham, and there's a lot dedicated to Robin Hood in Nottingham. There's big <laughs> statues of him, and people get tattoos, um, all of that sort of thing. There's a lot of cultural reference to him. Um, and then I went and looked it up because I thought maybe he was originally based on like some form of bandit who actually did exist. And, you know, it, it was there, there must have been some sort of historical figure. But apparently, absolutely not. He was just in fables and stories from the outset. Um, and now that entire city of Nottingham has got a whole theme based around Robin Hood, who is just a completely fictional character from the outset, which I think is kind of amazing. It's like the Terminator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is brilliant, and I just think to myself, for a fictional character had to have that much weight, I just thought it was absolutely brilliant. And you know, living in Nottingham for what was nearly what four or five years, um, I always thought that Robin Hood was just a character that was based on like a historical fact or something at some point. I didn't realize it was just completely urban legend, all in fables. Like earliest references to Robin Hood are like twelve fifty, I think which is some long time ago. Um, and the fact that those kind of fables and stories were continuously told for what was a period of like 600 years, um, I think is absolutely mental. Um, but yeah, Robin Hood robbing from the rich and giving to the poor apparently had an affinity for people who were poor or of humble status alongside women. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, very, very, very strange one. I feel like we could go on forever, but I'm conscious that Dan's yeah, like, time. We, we need to wrap up. <laughs> We could have done a part two. Um, Justin, any views on Robin Hood from, from your side of the, the Atlantic? Yeah, well, in a case that Robin Hood is a, almost a folktale where it doesn't have to be to the extent of, you know, he made a career out of robbing from the rich or the poor. It's It could be a innocent a kid, youth, adult that just had a piece of bread given to him. And then it's just one of those words of mouth that it's the symbolism of the icon of the action um, that... Uh, made that tale it had to originate from somewhere of this story and even though robin hood is a fictional character the action probably isn't and i think that's a respectable um, way of looking at it when it comes to creating this story to teach a moral lesson so i i think that's a great one that i'm glad you brought that one up i think lou that it it can get away as almost believing it is because you know obviously medieval history was huge in this country and there are so many things based on on real you know programs based on medieval history that I think if you were brought up watching that you could probably believe it was a character that like you said okay a little bit Hollywoodified if you know what I mean you know sort of jazzed up a bit but that there was a semblance of a of a real person there Robin Hood okay right cool so um, and the thing is, we've not even then touched on like the things that then did evolve, you know, evolve when the internet came out. So there's all these stories, you know, about my friend just got pulled over by this car who said they were a police. You, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, all these yeah. internet. Maybe there's a, there's yeah. an episode there that maybe we can get you back on, Justin, for something like oh, that. Oh, that would but, be that would be a perfect tie-in sequel right there. Yeah, but the, yeah, there you go. So part of the, the second part of the trilogy will will focus on that, as all good films have. Um, <laughs> Right, uh, Justin, before we go then, is there, is there anything, do you want to sort of direct people to any particular socials or anything? Uh, yeah, I can. So if you guys want to uh, check out the movie wire again, it's available on all 
uh, platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at MovieWire Show. And we are coming into Oscar season, so my the show is going to be fully loaded with a bunch of hopefully some great films. Yeah, definitely check out the show. It's really it's, it's a really interesting show, and uh, you're really up the game with your socials, uh, your artwork, and your little teaser clips. Lou, we've got to sort ourselves out. <laughs> we, I, I did say in our last episode, I don't know if this is going out now before or afterwards, that we needed a soundboard, uh, <laughs> at least to start with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lou, anything from you before we go? Um, no, nothing apart from the fact that my cat's still dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, I, I haven't really got anything else to add. Um, no. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. Well, if you want to get hold of us, if you want to send a message of condolence to Lou, if you want to talk about anything we've said, so what, what, what have we said? Let's do. So we we did Bigfoot. We did Wendigo. Wendigo, we did Bloody Mary, we did Big Cats, we did Loch Ness, uh, Justin, what else? We did Richard Gere. <laughs> yep. The gerbil. Yep. Yep. Uh, oh, and the Bunny Man. That's it. Yeah. That's right. The bunny Man. So if you've heard of these or you've got any story of those, get in touch with us. We are castingviewspod at gmail.com or at castingviews on Twitter. And we know there's a lot of podcasts from which you can choose. So we thank you for listening to Casting Views. If I want your opinion, I will give it to you. Come on, take what we've got, cause you need it. Don't make us get a spark and force feed it. Come on, we